Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. After a big bye week and for a lot of Broncos fans, I think a much needed bye week. Uh, we're going into what seems like nothing but a stretch of AFC West games in the second half of our season, starting at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. As always, I'm here with David. David, how you doing today and how you feeling? Just first impressions, how you feeling about this game coming out of a bye week? Uh, well, you know, it, win or lose, Orange Weekly is going to have a heavy presence there, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, yes, we are. Jared, you, I, Kevin, John will be all be at the game. Uh, it's going to be win, lose, or draw a fun experience for us. Um, yes. Outside of that, though, uh, this Chargers team presents some challenges uh, to the Denver Broncos. Uh, you're going to hear some familiar things from me uh, as far as a game script of how to win this game. Uh, but right now, it's it's it looks like a tough matchup on paper, Jared. That's that's you know we'll dig into it, but. It looks like it may be a rough, rough come out of the turn out of the bye week for the Broncos this week. Yeah, big time. And and as we're going to get into this uh, real quick, th- there's a lot of exploitable areas here. And I don't think this is a game that we could just wash away and say, hey, you know, th- this is not a winnable game for the Broncos. I, I really do believe that if the Broncos come out strong again, everybody keeps bringing it up. But if we come out strong like we did against the Cowboys, uh, there's a very real chance that this team keeps this game alive and and possibly wins it and possibly wins it by more than one score but we'll get into that orange weekly fans brews and broncos news david let's start on the offensive side what do you see on the offensive side for the Denver Broncos to be able to exploit the defense, or what do you see on the defense for the Los Angeles Chargers? Uh, so, you know, the defenses for Denver and, and Los Angeles pretty similar. Obviously, you've got Brandon Staley, who comes from the Fangio coaching tree, um, yes. and they play that same, you know, too high safeties often, um, you know, zone or match quarters a lot of the time. Uh, it's It's really going to be a question of, do the Chargers decide to load up the box or do they keep their two high safeties and, you know, rotate one down a lot of the time to, to more of a cover one look in coverage. Uh, but you're still looking at boxes that aren't stacked with an extra DB or linebacker. A lot of the time uh, that has led to teams rushing against the Denver Broncos very successfully this season at times. Uh, so that's what I'm looking for on the Broncos offense. I said, we were going to talk about familiar themes this week. We've talked about this before with little success as far as having the Broncos coaches listen to us, but run the ball, Denver. 
Um, use Javante Williams, use Melvin Gordon. You're currently, according to Pro Football Focus, throwing the ball 61% of the time. You, you've got to get that closer to 50-50, especially for this game. The Broncos are 5-1 and one this season when they rush the ball more than 20 times. If you could get that number to 30 times, that to me is a recipe for how you win this game. The Chargers are vulnerable to that. Um, now they have, they've improved. Their run defense has been their worst aspect overall this season, but the last four weeks they've been allowing 3.7 yards per carry, um, which would be second in the NFL overall if you extrapolated that over an entire season. Um, I don't know if that is, a, you know, a sustainable turnaround or if that is just the variance of defenses this year. We've seen across the league and across the AFC West, especially defenses playing really excellent one week. And then the next week they'll allow 400 yards and five touchdowns. You know, it's, it's really that variance you're seeing across the league, but I wonder if that's affecting the charges right now, or if they are really cracking down on the run a little more either way. I think you've really got to try and run it down their throats this game. Um, Use the passing game to complement it and, and see what kind of, what kind of points you can run up from there. Yeah, I definitely don't want to just uh, bottleneck us into run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, because I feel like if we get too far into that, you know, you, you're, you're talking about running the ball in third and eights, and, and we got to get away from that, right? So that's we kind of have to find that that complementary team. So the problem with passing the ball against this team, specifically if we get into those third and longs, is they're only going to send four because their front four is very, very good. You know, Bosa being one of the top uh, edge rushers in the game right now. And they're just going to play the playbook that every other team has played with us. Send four, Mm -hmm. uh, keep the rest in coverage. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to be able to find an open guy. And he's either going to dump it off for something short of the sticks or he's going to get sacked. And that's just kind of the... The recipe for disaster for Broncos, uh, for Broncos fans, and as we see it, anytime we get into the third and long, it's kind of this breath of like, are we going to be able to take it, right? Are, are we going to be able to make it, or are we kind of just, you know, expecting that we're not going to be able to to get to that next level or get to the first down? Yeah. And so you know, third and manageables and third and shorts is going to be the key to this game for me, I think. Definitely. And one of the criticisms that I've seen of Teddy Bridgewater this season, who's been fine, uh, but you know, I, I one thing that I read that I really want to watch for from now on is he gives up on his read first read too quickly. He's a little bit off, hmm. opposite of Drew Locke on that. He runs through the progressions, but he does it so quickly that he's ready to just get to his checkdown because the first read may not be open when he looks at him, but it may be a longer developing play. I don't know if that's the case. I'll be kind of it's what I'll be watching for from from now on as the season goes ahead. But as you pointed out, Jared, uh, when when I hear when I hear that though, that's that's a coaching problem. That's not so much a Teddy problem, right? So mm. if his read, unless unless there's a level of yeah, he's actually not even reading. He's not reading his read if he's moving on. Does that right. make sense? Right, 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 right. right, right. His, his read his read is supposed to be at a certain step, at a certain drop back step. Mm-hmm. And if he's re- if he's moving on from his read too fast, that means he's not reading it properly. And that, that's just a whole different thing. Now, moving on too fast to the reads to the check down, that just means he wants to get to the check down because I feel like he thinks he's going to get a lot of pressure. And yeah. I think he's, instead of reading, and just instead of saying moving on from his read, I just don't think he's reading at all that he just feels like he's going to get pressured. He's going straight to his check down. Yeah. So there's there's a couple levels there to that. And, and if that's the case, maybe that's a coaching thing that we need to start calling a lot more short passing routes. You know, get our guys open, especially in these man situations. I think, you know, Jerry Judy on slants, um, Cortland Sutton on a couple slants. We know that Noah Fant can run the quick outs, and, and so can uh, Albert O. So 
it, it really comes down to the coaching on this one. If we're trying to take deep shots every time, he's not going to have the time. That's really right. what it comes down to with our, and as we, as we transition into this, our injured offensive line, you know, it looks like uh, Bobby Massey is doubtful for today. So, or for tomorrow, he's probably going to be out and um, we're already missing Garrett Bowles and we're already missing um, uh, Glasgow. So yeah. we're talking three of our five starting offensive line back uh, out of this game. It's going to be a rough sledding for Teddy if he's if we're going third and long and he has to wait for a, a longer developing play. Well, that's it because Joey Bose is coming off the edge. Um, either way, camera against left or right tackle, you've got you've got a good matchup as far as if you're Joey Bosa. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one. You've got and you've got you know familiar names in the secondary. Uh, you've got Chris Harris Jr. still there. Uh, yes. Asante Samuel Jr. Um, has been having a really good rookie season for them. Um, you've also got on the other side of the cornerback, um, uh, Mike Davis, who's, you know, he's played decently well. Um, and then of course, back there at the safety spot who, and you know, they, they've really got him doing everything as you should with a player like that is Derwin James. Um, yep. so yeah, having a really good bounce back campaign, uh, from his injury season last year. Um, so yeah, the secondary, I mean, these Broncos receivers have talent. I, you know, the, there's one-on-one matchups to be had against this secondary, but there are no slouches back there. Um, and you know, they do a lot of the same things as the Broncos, as far as disguising coverages, pre-snap, you're not sure what look you're going to get when you turn, turn your head around. Um, especially if the Broncos are doing a lot of play action, that's going to be one thing to, to kind of keep an eye on because the, the look that you're getting from the defense before you turn around and fake it to the running back, may can be completely different from what you see when you snap your head back around. Um, so yeah, if you're Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. that's going to be something to keep in, keep keep in mind. Um, I feel I feel like the coaching the coaching plan for this we cannot get it down to German Derwin James level. We can't get it down. Uh, yeah. or, sorry, pass to uh, Nasir Adderley's level. We just can't yeah. get it to that. You know, ten yards. We got to get the short stuff going early. Run the ball. Get us into the third and manageable. Third and three and shorter run some screens run some quick slants run some short passing plays get our one-on-ones on the outside with the corners and our our wide receivers get the ball into our wide receivers hands and let them do the work to get to the next level I don't think if we if we are throwing down you know past the 20 yard line more than 10 times this game it's going to be ugly for for Broncos country I think yeah absolutely now let's talk about Javante Williams real quick um, yes, you know, obviously he's been a real, a real special player for the Broncos this season. Uh, there's energy, you know, all around whenever the ball's just in his hands. Um, but so I, I saw an interesting stat more than 40% of his yards have come on rushes of 15 yards or more this season. Uh, which to me tells me he has been a little bit boomer bust. Like if, you know, he's, there's a high chance that he's going to get stuffed at the line perhaps, but if he doesn't, you know, if he breaks that one tackle like we know he's capable of, he's going to rumble. He's going to keep going and, you know, probably carry a couple of defenders down the field with him. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to me to see if the Broncos offensive line can open up holes uh, and get him, you know, if he can get to, a, you know, three or four yards before contact, forget about it. Because then he's got a head of steam and you're not going to stop him for another 10. So, so let's pair that stat. Mm-hmm. Let's pair that stat that you just said with the stat that he is also the number one tackle breaker uh, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So 
that means one-on-one, one person trying to tackle him, he's going to be able to break that tackle and get down there. So really what we're talking about is the offensive line not being able to control it. I don't think he's boomer bust. I think our offensive line is boomer bust. And I think it goes the same for Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon may not be able to break the tackle, but he is quicker. So I think he's quicker to the outside and a little bit more shifty when he's being able to make his cuts uh, while we have the downhill runner in Javante Williams. Now, I, I really do think that this line is built for the run game. And I don't think it's built for the pass game. And that's why a lot of people are having a lot of issues with what Shermer's doing is because, you know, Mike Munchak has built an offensive line that's strong and can push people downfield. Uh, and we're still not running the ball. And when we do run the ball, it looks successful on paper. So what's what's the problem here? So yeah, again, I think know. that's where the big confusion is. I, it seems like the coaching staff just isn't on the same because our pass protection is really bad. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, you've got young people, young young guys on the offensive line, you know, you, a second year center. Um, you've got Calvin Anderson filling in on one tackle uh, and Fleming, uh, Cam Fleming on the other tackle. You know, Fleming's a vet, but Anderson's a younger guy. Um, right. You've got Miners starting at guard. You know, help out your offensive line. Run the ball. It's and, Give, you give know, it to their strength, right? Right, absolutely. And I know the Broncos do a lot of zone, a lot of pulling uh, when it comes to running the ball, and that's a little bit more complicated for offensive linemen. But, yeah, you've got to help them out a little bit more. If you can, um, like I said earlier, five and one, when we run the ball 20 or more times this season, uh, you, it, that's the recipe for success, Jared. I mean, what else is there to say? Nope. That's a hundred percent. We're on the same page on that one. And we have two headed monsters. So we have two running backs that could keep our legs fresh. I just don't understand why it hasn't been, why we're still passing 60% of the time when yeah. we know that that's a weak spot in our game. All right, David, before we move on to the defensive side of the ball for the Denver Broncos, let's go ahead and remind everybody that we are here and sponsored by the Pigskin Podcast Network and DraftKings. Right now, if you go to DraftKings, all new customers who bet just $1 on any team to score on any game this week wins $100 in free bets. $1 on any team to score. Either team scores in your game, you win $100 in free bets. It's that easy. And obviously, if Sportsbook is not available in your state, DraftKings will not leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. All right, what we need you to do is download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on either team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in betting states only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Obviously, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, with that, what are we looking at for the defensive side? Oh, just an injury-riddled defense for the Denver Broncos. That's basically the, the easiest way to start this off, and that's basically the only thing I can say is we have so many injuries and it just, you can tell when they're out there, specifically against Philly two weeks ago, you could just tell that our defense was struggling uh, because most it, it seems like a, a patch-fix defense. What, what do you think? Well, and I'll tell you what, we have been having uh, some issues in practice again this week uh, with those injuries on defense. Uh, Shelby Harris uh, rolled his ankle, I think, in Thursday's practice, so he's 50-50 to go. Um, Bradley Chubb had what's called a setback. Uh, I don't know what that means, but it's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, so now he's a game time decision listed as well. Uh, I believe Kareem Jackson is doubtful to play this game. Kareem Jackson's doubtful this week. So he's probably out. We'll see. 
I don't know. Will we see Caden Stearns at the strong safety position? He really has when he's been in, he's doing a little bit more of the, you know, the robber role a little bit more in coverage than than that traditional strong safety role. So we'll see it. Maybe Jamar Johnson uh, that we get get some more playing time this week. Uh, I'm really interested to see how those snaps get distributed. But yeah, Jared, it's it's not nobody's getting, you know, you, you, you thought maybe we'd get a little bit of good injury news coming out of the bye week. Um, and it just hasn't been that way that, you know, inside linebacker, I don't know if Aaron Browning's going to go. Um, right. so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been really, really difficult to, to watch this team adjust, try to adjust to the injuries and just not keep up. Yeah. So Baron Browning was questionable. Uh, and I th- think he still lists as questionable, but he was full practice on Thursday. So we have that going for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kareem Jackson and Caden Stearns. If if Kareem Jackson can't go, I do have faith in Caden Stearns. I like that backup role. But, you know, we're talking about a lot of very difficult positions. Kenny Young, I think, has been playing very well since we picked him up in, what, week four or five. Um, and that defensive line has been playing decently well against the run. And Austin Eckler, I think, is who we really have to worry about here uh, in this game. The, the mm. Chargers do a very, very good job of of using the run to set up a pass to let a young guy like Justin Herbert be able to throw the ball because they're afraid of the play action. And I, and I think he does a very good job of that. Um, and this is difficult, right? We talked about the AFC West, just, just to, to side note here a little bit and the young quarterbacks that we're playing against in the AFC West. And it seems like every other team has their quarterback shit figured out and we don't. Mm. And this is going to be one of those games that reminds us. And he might go out there and throw for 350 yards. And we're going to sit here and be like, man, like I wish we were in that position, but I'm also glad we're not the chargers. If yeah, that right. makes sense. So, so yeah, okay. so we'll see, we'll see how Justin Herbert does. And this is the strength of their team. Their defense is not the strength of their team. It's their offense. Um, Justin Herbert going out there, Keenan Allen, this might be the first full season he's been healthy and he's having just an amazing season so far this year. Plus their young guy and Mike Williams at the wide receiver spot. We really need our young um, corners and our, our safeties to step up, you know, Justin Simmons and Caden Stearns in the absence of, of uh, Jack's Kareem Jackson. And obviously our young guys, Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby really need to be out there. They need to be playing the best football they've played all year. If we have a chance to stop these guys from putting up, you know, 25, 27 and more points. You know, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, that's, that's another thing that you know, they showed a, different phase of their offense that maybe could hurt the Broncos this week last week against the Steelers is Justin Herbert had 90 yards rushing too. Um, he went over 300 yards passing and just was gashing them with his legs. And there was a couple more long runs that got called back by penalty. Um, so to me, it's, there's a lot of ways this offense can hurt you. They haven't been doing it so far this season as much with the big time plays, the deep strikes um, that you would expect to see, like a player of Herbert's caliber being making. Uh, but, you know, he's got a big time throw percentage on PFF of 3.02, which is just a little bit higher than, than Teddy Bridgewater at 2.7%. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's not the the deep strike that you're so concerned about with them, but that's the problem. They have the potential to do it at any time. They've got Keenan Allen on the outside, Mike Williams, you know, obviously, Justin Herbert can throw it anywhere on the field at any time. So you, you've got those threats. But what they're doing with the underneath stuff, what they're doing with the running game, and especially with Austin Eckler coming out of the backfield uh, on on passes, he was he averaged uh, let's see ten yards per reception, almost eleven yards per reception last week. Yep. Um, you know, he had four touchdowns against the Steelers. So yeah, they've got a lot of guys that can hurt you, um, and they've got a dynamic quarterback. 
it, it really is going to behoove these corner corners for the Denver Broncos, Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby um, to play incredibly well. Cause I don't know if the pass rush is going to, I don't know what the pass rush is going to look like. You, you're never sure with this Broncos team week to week, you know, Malik Reed, right. Jonathan Cooper, um, no Shelby Harris, probably. Uh, so, you know, and, or, at and least this is one of the better offensive lines, uh, and pass protect that we've played against so far. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there, there's what was the Raiders game? I feel like we just there was no way we were sending five, six, seven, and then we still could not get to the quarterback. And it, and you know, like you said, we don't know what what team we're going to get, and if if Jonathan Cooper is going to get in the backfield. But on that note, that something that you mentioned uh, with Austin Eckler in the backfield, our screen game on defense is really, really bad. Yeah, and I've noticed that in the last couple of games that that teams when they need a, a long. Uh, third and long or even just like just to get down the field the screen game works really well against us the tight end screen the running back screen I think Austin Eckler got a lot of his a lot of his um yards off of that screen that screen game so we really need to keep an eye on Austin Eckler out of the backfield and I think that's another piece of this this puzzle that we have to to make sure I think I think everybody talks about this this offense runs around Herbert I think this offense runs around Eckler I think where where he goes is where this offense goes and it's, you know, that that specifically, I think, is a testament to how banged up we've been at inside linebacker because these, you know, the inside linebacker on these screens is the one who's responsible when that guy from keeping that guy from getting to the third level. Um, but, you know, those our linebackers are getting, you know, and I've watched it over and over again, the, the quarterbacks retreating backwards and the linebackers get sucked up by it. And, they yeah. don't, you know, they don't stay disciplined. They rush the quarterback. And that's exactly what the quarterback wants them to be doing, because uh, then there's nobody between your running back and, you know, probably a guard or tackle in front of him and your safeties. So, yeah, that that screen's going to go a long way at that point. Um, yeah. You've got to have and a lot plenty. of that. A lot of that comes down on play call, too. Right. Yeah. If we're it, it, that might just be a play call versus play call thing. If we're rushing the outside, the play side linebacker on on a called screen, that's just the perfect play call against that defense. And that there's nothing we can really do because that's that's the best thing that you could run. And maybe, maybe there is a level of we're being too predictable on defense, but I haven't, I haven't dug in enough to the, to the tape to be able to tell you that, but it seems like every time, every time we're doing it, it seems like there's a, a play side linebacker blitz. The second he goes in for the blitz, they're calling that play. And it, it just seems it's ridiculous. It just seems like, like I said, the tight end screen wide receiver or running back screen. It just, that's, that's going to be our weakness and we're going to have to stop that in order to win this game. Right. And there, you know, specifically the, the chargers, Los Angeles's strength on the offensive line uh, is the left side um, from yeah. Corey center, Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, I think is injured their left guard. And so I don't know if he's going to be playing this game, uh, but Rashawn Slater, their left tackle, their, their rookie left tackle has been insane. And if there was, you know, any way for rookie offensive linemen to get any attention whatsoever, he'd be a legit offensive rookie of the year candidate. Um, he's been that good. Uh, I don't expect the Broncos pass rushers to have a great deal of success against him. Um, and if they're setting up screens with that side of the line, it's going to be a rough, rough day. Um, yeah, it, it, so it's, it's going to behoove the Broncos stay disciplined, um, especially at the linebacker level. Um, stay disciplined in the defensive backfield because uh, yeah, there's, there's so many ways this chargers offense can hurt you. Um, have we missed anybody, Jared? Is there anybody that we haven't talked about? 
Um, no, I think that's that's about it on on our defensive side. Again, uh, it comes down to the linebackers, and I feel like we're just broken records at this point. And yeah. how our linebackers go is how this game goes. They're the they're the key to stopping the run. They're the key to stopping the screen. They're the key to being able to drop back or get pressure on the pass. It really goes goes around them. I I am very impressed with Kenny Young. I want to say that before we get too down on this defense. Uh, had, he was probably one of the best offseason pickups we could have had, um, and he's playing very well. And let's just pray and hope that Justin that uh, Baron Browning is ready to go for this game because uh, another injury at the linebacker spot is going to be very difficult for us. Definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, uh, only other you know their tight end Jared Cook has been around forever. He's a guy who you know is either going to make a killer drop in a game. Or you know, have a killer, <laughs> you know, a killer touchdown for you against the other. So it it can go either way. Um, but yeah, it's not not a real dynamic threat there. But somebody you have to be aware of at tight end at least. Yeah, like he's been, he's eaten uh, the Broncos. We we have some. Uh, I remember when some he was PTSD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's yeah. a he's a he's a tight end that we definitely have to keep an eye on, uh, regardless of how washed up we think he is. He's mm-hmm. he's someone that can. Uh, can cut open our defense. So, sure. um, okay, well, let's talk about uh, pl- predictions here, David. What are what are we thinking about this game? We just talked about inside and out the f- offense and defensive matchups and what we're thinking. Uh, what what do you think? Where do you think this game goes? And what do you think the final score is going to be? Well, this gets harder and harder every week because I it does. I can you can never expect any you know the same outcome as last time from the Broncos. I I would not be surprised if Denver won this game thirty one to ten. I would not be surprised if Denver lost this game 40 to 17, you know, <laughs> either, either way, you know, so I, I think it'll probably, probably be close. Um, you know, Broncos coming out of the bye week. I think they'll be ready to play tough at the very least. Um, I, I am going to pick the Chargers to win just because every time I pick the other team to win, the, the Broncos end up winning by about that same score. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go like 27, 20, chargers okay yeah that'll that'll be my that'll be what i think yeah that's my score prediction this week a nice a nice close game we yeah. have to keep momentum and yeah. I, I think that's that's my big key for this at non stats non-football related i mean it's football related but not like you know inside the numbers like we talk I, I think we need to keep momentum in this game because we saw what happened against philly we were driving down to possibly tie the game we fumble the ball on a fourth and one. They take it back for a touchdown. We're down down by two scores, and it looked like the whole team gave up at that point. Mm. And then it was there was nothing we could do to stop them, and everything that we did was was getting stopped. So momentum, I think, is a big thing, especially at mile high, especially since most of Orange Weekly is going to be there. I think that's super <laughs> important too. Um, but I think the momentum going into this game, if we can score first and keep the lead, or if we can – you know, if we go down, match them uh, point for point, if we ever get down by two scores, I think it's going to take the the life out of this team. And th- that's a frustrating thing about this team. And it's been that way for about four or five years now, mm-hmm. where it just seems like we just don't have the fight when we're down. Right. And and uh, we, we got to have that and we have to keep that momentum. So if we could keep this and I think we can, I think we can go uh, foot for foot for, for the, with these guys. I think we can. um have a couple big stops on defense, get stopped a couple times on offense, but also put up a couple scores to be able to keep up with this team with, to keep it within one one score or ten points. I'd say, right, um, is is a good part. So I'm going to pick the Broncos to win. I think I think the Broncos are starting to understand coming off of a bye week, even though it doesn't seem like it's off a of bye week with the injuries. We're not getting anybody back. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's not like that bye week did anything for the Broncos other than to give us a little bit of relaxation and maybe maybe some small injuries, you know, roll out the muscles a little bit for a week. 
I think the Broncos win this 27 to 24. Okay. Um, and, and I think, I think that we have enough to be able to stop them. And again, this is the first time we're going to see them. The other thing that we haven't mentioned too, David, is that this is the first of many AFC West games that we have in the second half of the season. Mm. And the way that the AFC West is going right now, these are going to be the most crucial games that we could possibly think of. And this is, this is where it starts. And I think that they understand that. I don't think there's a lack of understanding that if we lose this game, we now drop 0-2 in the AFC West after losing to the Raiders early on in the season. And now it's an uphill battle. Even though we're all at the same level, we're all at five wins. Uh, I think... Um, no, the Raiders are now at six. Raiders are at now at six after their Thanksgiving win. Right. Um, but everybody else is at five wins. If we win this, we're at six. If Kansas yeah. City loses, they're at five. And now it's the Raiders and the Broncos in the top of the AFC West. But if we lose this, we now not only drop down to the bottom, now we're 0-2 in the AFC West. And even if we do crawl our way back somehow, we're, we're starting off in a, in a hole. And I think... Um, this is a very, very important game for that, yeah. and it's going to be very, very frustrating for Broncos country if we cannot pull out a win here at home because going into L.A. is not going to be much easier. And um, you know, we talk, talked about a little bit on the on the um, Bourbon Broncos No BS show. You guys did. We guys talked a little bit about how bad Vic Fangio is at home since mm. he came to Denver, and we got to break that streak. And it's got to start now. It's got to. Post bye week, we want to see a different uh, Broncos team. This is where it starts, or else we're going to start seeing a lot of uh, angry tweets uh, for the next uh, couple <laughs> weeks slash the rest of this year. So, we'll um, see. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I say I say we we figured out we figured out, and it's twenty seven twenty four Broncos. Uh, we get the win. We all go home happy, and we go on top of the AFC West. Well, second in the AFC West. I love your faith. I am really, really nervous for you because I <laughs> am thinking you're going to be let down. Uh, I have, I don't but it's have... okay, David. You're going to be right there next to me at the game when I'm let down, so yeah. I'll have a shoulder to cry on. That's true. That's true. I'll, <laughs> I'll try to whisper. I told you so, really quietly. Oh, oh, yeah, that'll yeah. help. <laughs> so I'm going to say it. Like I'm not going to not say it. Like that's going to be a thing that I say. Um, yeah, and if you guys are listening to this, if you guys are at the uh, at the game this week, most of the Orange Weekly crew is going to be there. It looks like David, myself, Raymond, John, and Kevin are all going to be at the game. So you're probably not going to get a halftime hash. You probably might get a little bit of a pregame, probably not as in-depth as we normally do for our, our tailgate talk. Um, but if you guys want to hit us up, hit us up on uh, Facebook or Twitter, DM us, and let us know where you're at, and we'll go have a drink with you or get get to talk to you and um, and see where it goes from there. But yeah, we'll be at the game this week, and we're super excited. That's, that's another reason. This is my first home game in five years, yeah. so I'm yeah, super yeah. excited to go to that. Um, yeah. I've been to a, at least one away game every year except for last year, uh, but this is yeah. my first home game in five years, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. This will be my first away game this year. Uh, but anyway, nice. yeah, I hope, they, I hope they don't let you down, Jared. I really hope that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, with everything else being said, is there any final thoughts, David, on this game? I think we've I think we've gone through it all, buddy. I think there's only th- one thing left to say. All right, there it is. Have a good night, guys, and go, go Broncos. Broncos. Oh. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.